What if every day you had the chance to experience more love and intimacy in your life? We're going to be sharing stories of struggles and triumphs in love, sex, and relationships, along with expert advice to create more conscious connections. Enjoy this podcast with Dawn Richard. Wake up to real love. Okay, it says, here we are, Kenny. We're on. We're on. So nice to see you. It's been not just a long time, but a lifetime. A lifetime. Yes. Lives have changed. So many things have happened. So many things have happened in this last year, haven't they? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so I wanted to invite Kenny. I, I interviewed him last year for my Wake Up to Real Love podcast, and he's an amazing, amazing man, Kenny Mamarella de Cruz. Thank you. He's known as the Man Whisperer. I love that. <laughs> um, been doing this amazing work in London and around the world with men around the world for twenty years, over twenty years. Yeah. 20 years yeah. of the men's groups. Yeah. So it's so, I mean, it's so, isn't it so strange how spirit works in your life? I woke up uh, a month ago, a couple of weeks, whenever that was, and I heard Kenny. <laughs> it was like, contact <laughs> Kenny. And I was like, well, I haven't heard from him. And, you know, we haven't communicated in a while. So I messaged yeah. you and you said, oh my gosh, that's so weird. I'm doing this men's group in New York in two days. Mm-hmm. It's spreading like wildfire. Yeah. So what happened? What happened? I'll tell you what happened to me, of all things. Um, Before the UK went on lockdown, um, I was out um, in the West End with a friend, actually. His wife was starring in a musical. Mm -hmm. And um, my wife and I were out. On the way back, we got a message, or I got a message on my phone from Bertie, who works with me, saying... I've got the symptoms, mm. I'm going into quarantine, I suggest you do the same. Wow. So that was our last piece of nor- so-called normality of old life. So we went on, um, we self-isolated. And by the next morning, I found myself uh, looking out of the window and expecting to see the military. Mm. I expected to see them on the street corners. I expected to hear gunfire, um, and I was feeling very weird. Uh, Were you scared? Scared? Well, yeah, and I got into the fear, Uh and this is something that I've been telling people to do so much, especially since lockdown, is I felt the feeling, and I took a deep breath into the feeling, and I followed the feeling, and it took me back to when I was a child in Uganda, Mm-hmm. And my family were on the Secret Service death list with Eddie Amin. And there was curfew and there was military on the streets. And if you missed curfew, you were in deep trouble. Right. So I was triggered. And it was about three days or less than a week that the country was on lockdown. Mm-hmm. And immediately I thought, well, I'm not the only one that's going to be triggered. And the, the groups were weekly. Um, and they were quite full, plus the closed groups, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought, okay, I think it's time to have weekday lunchtime groups mm. every weekday. If people are working, there's a lunch hour. But I know that I needed to know what was going on and speak it out. Mm. Because otherwise, my fear 
might turn into dodgy behavior. And it could be anything from anger to alcohol to go inside my head and think all sorts of crazy things or suppress it and get depressed or, who you know, the stuff that people do. Right. Uh, and I thought this needs to be spoken out. So every weekday lunchtime until November, it's been one hour and men have checked in and everyone knows how to get into what they're doing, follow the feeling, know what's going on, take the edge off and know how to do the best that they can for themselves and those around them. And it's been magical. Don't you, don't you think, Kenny, that a lot of people are afraid to feel the feelings because they feel they'll be overcome, like overwhelmed yeah. and consumed by the feelings. And, and so that's, that's why people suppress and oppress absolutely. all the time. Absolutely. And that has been for me the biggest gift of lockdown in that um, men have come to me who would never have shown up to do any work because mm. they never felt their feelings. And it's almost like um, society's taught us to hover above our feelings, to survive them, don't take the lid off, mm. where it's the opportunity, I believe, is to go into them, feel through them and out the other side. Because holding that tension and being in survival mode is not living a free, loving, available, connected life. Yeah, I mean, survival mode is literally just surviving. Yeah, there's no space for a life in survival. Mm -mm. And the men that have showed up are the ones that would be drinking, drugging, sexing, loving, high-flying, sporting. Pornographying. You know, everything, including, you know, earning big bucks and being a megastar. Mm. But all of this taken away, it's who are you and what's up? and stuff has been up because all the fixes and distractions have been taken away. And I've basically generally said to people, um, I don't blame you for not taking the lid off. I don't blame you for avoiding this because if you're on your own and you take the lid off, then it might be emotionally, even in fantasy, more than you think you can survive. Mm -hmm. And before I took my lid off, I was scared of going totally bonkers by starting thinking and everything falling into place or everything just being so quick and disturbing that my mind would be busy and I'd be disconnected from the outside world and end up dressed in white, rocking in the corner. That was my one fear. And the other fear was that I might start crying after feeling and not be able to stop. Mm. I really thought I'd lose it. And that's why I've said to people, we're here every day. So be in company that can meet you emotionally and logically and in the moment and time travel back with you. But let's speak it out and be real here. And it's all about getting real. It's not about saving or fixing or dramatizing or anything like that. Right. We learn from each other and we release things just by naming them. And I would say, I don't know what you think about women, but I would say for sure, Men do not want to be abandoned or humiliated and are generally controlled by shame mm -hmm. and programmed maybe even to blame. So it's because of this, it's because of that, and I can't, you know, I'm helpless with this, where for me to name it just breaks the spell on shame and blame and it sets people free. Yeah, because because you can't, you can't hide uh, you. <laughs> 
you can only hide in the dark, right? Yeah. Your shadow can only hide when, um, when it's covered up, because as soon as you, as soon as you put some light on it out there, it like loses its um, electricity. You're talking about alchemy, basically. You're straight in there with alchemy, aren't you? And yeah. I totally, totally agree. I mean, the way that people have fallen apart, but it's breakdown before breakthrough. Before breakthrough. Mm -hmm. And to break down alone is a dark and lonely place. Well, because, because that's, this is the thing um, that I, I, you can, of course, you're a man. So this is the male perspective I would like, but I feel like men are so afraid of their own breakdowns because to them, that vulnerability um, and that falling apart means they're not being a man, you know? So it's yeah. like, it goes against all grains of be strong, be powerful, get through it, you know, push, do it. And so how do, how do you help men reconcile that they need to break down before they break through as well? Generally by allowing them to realize that that's not man behavior, that's surviving boy behavior. Mm. And those rules were generally made when they were boys mm -hmm. and boys need to survive. They don't live, they survive. And it's so fear ridden with what's my place in the pecking order? Mm -hmm. How do I look? Mm -hmm. How am I performing? Am I safe? Am I holding my own? You know, it's all am I rather than coming from I am. Right. Boys need to compete where men are in touch with our feminine sides and we can collaborate rather than just compete. We can listen. Boys make a noise. There's not a lot of space for listening. We can feel where boys won't come into the feeling. It's, I need to fix this quick so I don't right. feel it and no one feels it and we're okay. And I'm being told because I need to, because she wants me or he wants me to fix it. That's why they're telling me rather than, I can listen to this and I can feel it in myself and therefore meet another person in their feelings rather than trying to stop them from feeling so we survive. So for me... Well, isn't there also a big thing of don't be a crybaby? <laughs> in a way, but that's really quite old-fashioned, I would say. Oh, I say. know. I mean, that's, that's conditioning that they learned from a yeah. very young age. It's like... Don't be a wuss. Don't be a crybaby. Don't be a pussy. I mean, all of these things mm. that guys tell each other, like and man I would up, say, man up. What does that exactly. mean? Exactly. Well, to me, it's man up and talk about it. Mm. And to me, that that's the epitome of being a man. <laughs> man up. Man up and talk yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. And I would rather people cried in front of their friends while they're alive, rather than suppressing tears at their funerals. And I've met far too many men who say, I didn't realize my best friend or my teammate or my mate or whoever was going through the same as me until he attempted or until he followed through. And I only realized at his funeral. So, you know, it's time to be your own authentic man because the boys club is not going to save you. Yeah. And the, boy, the boys club is, is all about external validation. 
Yeah. Right. My big toy, my job, my salary, my car, my this, my that. And that's, I mean, it's just such a false sense of who I am at my core. And sadly, there's a lot of money in the boys club. Mm-hmm. Look at social media. You are not good enough until you look like this, you have this, you spend on this, you do this. And once you've dedicated your life to being good enough, then maybe you can connect with someone. Mm-hmm. What absolute rubbish. Connect now. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't really matter so much. And if it does, then be clear. Are these people feeding me with energy or draining my energy? Mm-hmm. It's so important for boys. And, you know, for me, when I say boys, they could be in their 80s. It doesn't matter about the age. It's where people yeah. are coming from. We, we all have a 13-year-old inside of us. Over an eight, <laughs> and an 8-year-old and a 2-year-old and a 16-year-old, you know. They're totally. all still inside of us. And it's so important for that part of us to feel accepted and included, to, to know that we're okay, partly because someone else tells us we're okay. Um, and that's a really important part of initiation, mm-hmm. part of growth. Mm-hmm. But growth needs to continue. And so many blokes that I've worked with have just needed someone to tell them how to be their own authentic men. Mm-hmm not how to continue what the boys told them to do or what their fathers or grandfathers or the media or the movies or whatever told them to do. Mm -hmm. And this is changing from masculine to masculine. Drop the mask, get real, get authentic. The bonus is it's also dead sexy. (laughs) (laughs) What could be sexier than authenticity? I know where you are. You know where I am and we can meet intimately at our boundaries and start the merry dance of love with everyone. And I'm not talking about polyamory. I'm talking about love everyone. Why save it for one poor unsuspecting partner that has to be custodian for everything that then you'll be treating like your mummy or your daddy or something? No, love everyone. And, you know, for me, the whole thing has been to learn to be love. Mm. And surely the doorway is to accept what is, including the fear, including the fantasy, including the past, including everything. May as well accept it. It's going to have to be accepted at some stage. Accept it, feel through it, which can happen so quickly, and be love. Love attracts love. Fear attracts Groundhog Day, because Mm. I know how to survive the same old story. Mm-hmm. I'm over survival. How, how do you be love? Because this is that, you know, this is my, <laughs> this is my mission. Like, what does that really mean? You know, because, because we're grown, when we grow up, many of us come from not great families. I mean, you and I happen to come from really beautiful families that we felt loved and cared for at times. times. Uh, Yeah. I mean, we all have our, we all have our issues, right? That's the reality of life. It's not all supposed to be a bed of roses. It's not rainbows and unicorns people. Yeah. And I learned through the thorns. That's where I know myself on the edge and other people. Um, 
a guy, there's a guy called Jerry Jampolsky. I think it was in the 70s. He wrote a, a groundbreaking book called Love is Letting Go of Fear. Mm. And I've been involved in the Course in Miracles community in the UK for decades. Uh-huh. We brought him over a couple of times, him and his wife, Diane, who was the most magnificent woman. And, you know, the title says it all. Love is letting go of fear. So there are two things that I've kind of made really quick and easy. The first one is when I feel fear, I'm generally not breathing and I'm lost in my head, figuring <laughs> things out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I, I've just realized, you know, I used to be addicted to my thoughts and my emotions or my mm. thoughts so I could mm-hmm. survive my emotions. And I've needed to break the spell. So when I find myself lost in the space between my ears in fear and not breathing, then I don't think to the end of the sentence anymore. I take a deep breath in. And when I breathe in, I breathe out of my head and into my body. And when I breathe in, I think, thank you for reminding me who I used to be. And that's in the past. And when I breathe out, I take part with what's in front of me. So in that breath, I can flip from fear into love. It might take a few breaths. It might take me deciding to move or eat or put on some funky tunes and move a bit. (laughs) Or whatever I need. I like that one. You know I like that one. Actually, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that's what breaks the spell. It totally breaks the spell. And I know that I've, apart from crossing the road and doing the washing up, my mind doesn't really help me think through fixing things. Yeah. It's very practical and handy in that way. And and spins, you know, down the rabbit hole too, (laughs) your mind. Exactly. And that's what it has never fixed. So why carry on trying? Mm -hmm. Plus the life that I want and the life that I live is beyond current experience. It doesn't mean that I choose danger and living on the edge all the time. It means that I come alive on the edge and I'm not going to play small to survive and to live the same old story. So my technique of breathing back into my body Mm -hmm. and taking part in life and breaking the spell I generally find if it doesn't work, then follow the feeling back. And then I know where and when in the past I have a depressed pause button where the man can take care of that abandoned child or that broken spirited child rather than offering the child to every Tom, Dick and Sally to uh, parent and protect. No, it's the man in me that's going to do that. Mm-hmm. So there are two things there. It's turning it around or knowing what needs to happen in order to turn it around. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I found very, very um, easy to do is so many men show up to the men's groups and same with the women, actually, but to with the women's groups and stuff is like, what's wrong with me and how do mm-hmm. I do me right? Yeah. How do I fix me? Exactly. Meanwhile, for me, it's not about fixing or doing you right. It's about being. Is there space for who you are to be? And once there is, then are there the boundaries so you actually exist rather than handing your life over to other people for their approval and acceptance? And then it's whoever they want you to be until they get bored and abandoned. And what I realized might be the most, well, it has been the most efficient way for me to know who I am 
rather than figuring it out and then pretending I buy it and then selling it to other people <laughs> is to be clear. We're all salespeople. Yeah, yeah. But once I'm clear about who I no longer need to be coming from fear or unconscious habit and I can let that go, then there's space for me. So it's not who am I, it's who do I no longer need to be. Mm-hmm. It's who might I be being in that question, being in that space. Do you find the same thing with the people you've worked with and, and the work that you've done? Is it a similar place where you meet people? It, it is. I mean, I have that Rumi quote that says, you know, do not seek for love, but seek to eliminate the barriers that prevent yes. love from coming in. Yes. And so all of these, <clears throat> all of these ways that we are um, conditioned through our life experiences, you know, it's like when you're, when you're a baby, you're, you're a complete open heart and open book, right? Mm. Just open to the possibilities of the universe. And I think what happens uh, as time goes on, you know, we get hurt, we have these challenges, we feel these fears and insecurities and doubts. And we, and we feel like we need to show up in, in a way that the world deems us to show up like you should, you must, you know, like you have to fit in this little box. Mm -hmm. And so all these people are struggling with who am I really? Because I've not been allowed to just express myself in the way that I want to. I mean, I was talking to um, this friend of mine yesterday and we were talking about when you have this anger and rage inside of you and, you know, I mean, some people express it in very deconstructive ways, destructive ways. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's like when you have a two or three year old child that is full of anger and, and, and anxiety, they just lay on the floor screaming and kicking, right? Screaming and kicking because they need a way to um, disperse their energy. And, as we get older, it's like, we're not allowed to do that. It's not socially acceptable. It's not yeah. politically correct. And yeah. so, it, well, it's, it's better than go and punch somebody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so how, do you, how do you learn to really express what's going on for you? But even before the expression is the awareness, like the trigger that you were yeah. talking about. It's like, I'm feeling in my body and this is the thing too. It's like, we're so disconnected from our bodies, disconnected from our emotions, um, disconnected from our source. Mm. And, and so then we feel like lost and confused and all alone because we don't understand ourselves. God, it hurts. The pain that people have been through. Caring, caring. Yeah. yeah. Connection has really been the key. And um, the magic of the pain that people have been in is a lot of people have come to the groups and said, well, I didn't realize just how shallow or pointless my relationships Mm. were because it was all talking rubbish while getting drunk and maybe doing sports on a good day or whatever. Mm -hmm. But there was no depth, there was no real connection and there was no caring. And for me what they've realized is the quality of connection Mm -hmm. rather than the length of time they've known people. Mm -hmm. 
And I've been incredibly busy since lockdown. And what I've realized due to my lack of time, because I've chosen to serve, I love what I do, mm -hmm. is it's not about the amount of time or space I have with myself or with my wife, but it's about the depth, the depth of time, the quality of time, mm -hmm. the space to truly connect, because that's what nourishes me. Not necessarily relationships I've had for decades. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are just like old habits. But the quality of connection that has come through um, has been wonderful and quite destructive for some people at times. Just before going on, we were talking about uh, how can people have affairs during lockdown? Um, and we've both worked with people who've had affairs. Yeah. Um, and that can be an absolute can of worms. Um, so much of what's come up for people. It's been difficult to say to the men and women that I've worked with, um, it wasn't about you. The behavior of your partner or your parent or whoever it was that did whatever to you, it was probably not about you. It might have totally changed your life, but you didn't matter that much. It was about them. It was about their frenzy. It was about the destruction that they left because of the way you might have been treated, but they weren't out to get you. Life is not out to get you. That can change now. Um, well, the, often... the, other, the other thing though, Kenny, uh, from my perspective, because I also had an emotional affair and it was about him. <laughs> I mean, mm. it was about me because I was not feeling loved and cared for, for years. Um, mm. I felt completely disconnected from mm. our uh, emotional intimacy. You know, it's mm. like, yes, we had mm. sexual intimacy, physical intimacy and, um, and, you know, like proximity. Yeah. You were, you were close to me physically. And mm. I think this is, I think this is what, what's happening too in this time is that people are, are so physically in each other's space, but still there are these emotional walls that are hold up because people are yeah. afraid to say, I'm feeling disconnected to you. And I mean, this was something that I had said to my ex-husband. It's like, I feel completely disconnected from you. And this is what I would like. This is what I want and need, you know, I'm for years and through therapy. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, for a moment, I turned to somebody else who was like, who was there, who was present mm -hmm. with me saying, you know, you're amazing. You're beautiful. You're this, why is he treating you this way? All of these kind of things. And, you and, were met. and I was met. Mm. I, I, I was met, I was seen, I was mm. listened to, I was mm. cared for in a way that I wasn't being cared for in my, in my marriage. Now, mm. you know, that was very short lived. No, you know, didn't consummate the relationship or whatever, but the mm. intimacy was what I was craving. Yeah, That's what yeah. I wanted. And so for a moment afterwards, we did create more intimacy until the behaviors sort of changed back to lack of intimacy. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. I think this is I think this is the struggle with most people. It's like you want that heart, heartfelt connection. Mm. However it however it looks, however it's meaningful for you. Mm. And I think a lot of times 
people just give what they want mm -hmm. rather than than giving in a way that's meaningful to their partner or to their kid or to whatever. Totally agree. And for me, one of the get out of jail free cards with people and their emotions has been to remember that people can't share what they haven't got. Mm -hmm. I might yeah. need it. I might be used to it. It might be second nature in my life or where I've come from. But if the person that I want to meet there hasn't got it, then he or she can't share it. And there's another side to that as well is um, vulnerability is, for me, where I come alive. It's powerful. It's yeah, true. me too. Me too. Meanwhile, to a lot of people, to the mainstream, it's probably the enemy. Mm -hmm. And they need to feel it's safe. A weak, it's a weakness. Exactly. Or it is the place not to go because if I lose control and I open myself up, then I don't know if I'll be able to survive this again. Right. I've been hurt in love before. I've been hurt by friends before. I've been hurt at work before. I've been hurt by the ice cream man by, by not showing up one day. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's the relationship to all of these things. Right. And I know that a lot of relationships that I've worked with, I'd be interested in whether you've, you've found this too, is that sometimes I will be tested, whether it's with my wife or my best friend or my clients, I'll be tested to see, you want to come close to me? Mm -hmm. You want to connect with me? Connect with this. Mm -hmm. So this is the part where they might test me to see whether I will run away or whether right. I'll stay. Right. And, if I, and I'm not saying that staying is the way to go. It sounds like you had an amazing catalyst to get your life back and set yourself free. Well, and, and, it, and it was for a long time. It was, I'm not going anywhere. No matter what you do, yeah. I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. I'm staying because I know that, that that was his experience because of his family of origin, you know, and yeah. I was like, I'm not going to leave you. Yeah. But you have to, you have to show up for yourself. Yeah. And yeah. you have to, you know, like I'm, I want to support you. And I'm not saying I was an angel because I was a big fat B word, you know, sometimes <laughs> my kids, my kids can attest human. to a lot of that. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I was very human. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's like St. Dawn. And, and my parents would always say, oh yeah. And holding up by the little horns. <laughs> Funny you should mention that. <laughs> Here's one I prepared earlier. <laughs> Synchronicity. We were on the same wavelength. <laughs> <laughs> but, this, but this is the thing. So, you know, how do you help somebody open up if they're not willing to do that? And, and so, you know, the, the thing that I craved the most, he wasn't able to give me. And, you know, yeah. I, I say through no fault of his own, because that's just where he was or is. Um, but I wanted more for my partnership. I wanted, mm. I wanted somebody to hold me. For me, I used to be addicted to the victim club. In fact, I think they gave me a medal once. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure I have a gold medal for sure. 
Because I remember for years saying, am I crazy? Am I crazy? Do, do, I, do I want these outrageous, you know, is there, am I like making huge demands that are completely unrealistic and unreasonable? So yeah, I was like, no, you're not crazy. Oh, thank Oh, okay. I, I yeah. don't, you know, but I think that I'm crazy because I want a partner. I want somebody to meet me where I am. I want somebody mm. to open up to me and to express, you know, if he, if, if he had said to me, I'm really scared. I'm really scared. I'm feeling vulnerable. And, you know, I mean, he did in some ways, but there was this, there was still this wall. I mean, I, I say this, like in any relationship, you're either building a bridge to walk beside the person with, or you're building walls that keep you disconnected. Mm-hmm. When I was um, in the victim club, it was because I was a nice boy. Mm. And um, I wasn't going to be the type of man who abandons or betrays or will move on while others are in pain. That was me. I wanted to be the good girl. Yeah. And then I realized that maybe some of my, and no one, no one leaves or abandons the victim club, otherwise you're the enemy. You're mm. one of those bad people. Then I realized I was colluding with people and I was actually saying, we don't need to move from here or I won't shift until you shift. And Mm -hmm. a lot of them didn't actually want to shift. Mm -hmm. That was the way that they expressed relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's the way that we had our codependent enmeshed painful bliss together. And then I realized that the greatest gift I could give not only the victim club, but myself mm-hmm. was to leave, mm-hmm. but to consciously leave yeah. and to leave not against anyone, but to leave and think if I walk my path and I'm true to myself and anyone sees it and anything works for them and they wish to take a step too, then I am there for the steps but I'm not there for the stuckness. Mm -hmm. And I guess since then, I've been very clear to give energy to what I want to grow rather than what I want to go. And it's up to me to feel that. And so much of this is emotional. It's not logical. Those rules haven't worked for me, or maybe I'm just not that smart, but they just don't work. (laughs) But to feel when I'm in alignment, when I'm out of alignment, to feel when I'm being a control freak or when I'm, when I'm showing off rather than showing up. Mm-hmm. It's like, hmm, this doesn't feel right. I get to adjust in, in that split second if how, I choose. How do you know when you don't feel right? I mean, I think, I think this, is, this is part, it's like these multi-layers of complexity, right? Mm. And so you say, if I don't feel aligned, but what does feeling aligned actually feel like? I love the way you get into the details. <laughs> this is so useful. <laughs> um, for me, when it doesn't feel right, I'm generally in my head. Mm-hmm. And I could be in my head justifying. Mm-hmm. I could be in my head selling this intuition to myself where I know it doesn't fit. I could be in my head fixing distracted, manipulating, God knows what. And then I need to take a breath. And when I breathe in, then I can feel myself breathing. And if my solar plexus is a bit empty, 
tell people tell people what the solar plexus is please this bit <laughs> just above just below the ribs yeah that it's bit. it's like when you feel like somebody's punched you in the gut it's that oh exactly that's mm -hmm. the bit when that doesn't feel right then i know something's not right it doesn't mean this person is wrong or bad it means something's not right mm -hmm. and it may be that this person's actually brilliant but they're having a superficial conversation or this person's getting really deep really quickly and we're having a bit of a vampy conversation rather than a true conversation mm -hmm. so it could be the quality of the connection in the moment mm -hmm. and for me it's all about the moment it's not about the past or the future it's about this moment and then i can adjust it i can adjust where i'm coming from i can even say god you know a second ago, something didn't feel right. Did you feel it or was it just me? Just to put it out there, to know where this fits. That's, you have to have such awareness though. In a way, but the awareness could be, how am I breathing uh, right mm -hmm. now? Uh -huh. How am I breathing past <gasps> my throat? Right. Exactly. <clears throat> how am I feeling? Am I feeling excited because this is a familiar drama? Or am I feeling excited because I feel met? Mm -hmm. And very often people feel really excited about, oh my God, this is perfect. I recognize this. This was made in heaven. Mm -hmm. Same as the trail of everyone else that was made in heaven and the scripts that went along with that. Mm -hmm. So is this the same old story of the high and then the low? Or is this something wants to grow? That is I, such an important question. How do you know when it feels right? I, I, also, I also think like when you were talking, it's about is this feeling dramatic, like drama? Yeah. Drama, because that, that was my experience in my relationship. It was like so much drama. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to get divorced because I said, I don't want drama. Like I try to live my life pretty mellow, easygoing. And mm. I felt like I was on this big roller coaster all the time. And I was wow. like, I don't want to be on this roller coaster. Yeah. I want to feel a sense of peace, like yeah. ease, <laughs> ease. And, and it wasn't easy. And I'm not saying, yeah, I, and I'm not saying relationships don't have challenges because relationships have challenges, but there should be, there should be this sense of, well, this breath, mm. we're going to figure mm. this out. Yeah. And we have the courage to be with it and feel it and listen to it mm -hmm. rather than have a drama with it mm -hmm. or blame it or shame it. Right. And it is so incredibly intimate to be having dramas, to be feeling guilt, to be feeling anger, to have that tension. Sex can be so disconnected, mm -hmm. but a fix for intimacy. Um, in one of the groups recently, um, violence came up. Mm. And I piped up at some stage and said, actually, there is something very intimate about being violent with someone. And by no means were we talking about anyone abusing anyone else. We were talking about martial arts or blokes, drunken blokes brawling. Um, and there's a certain connection there. It's a very intimate thing to be experiencing. It's not my type of intimacy, to be honest. It's not my thing. Mm -hmm. But to be frank, if there was danger, 
I probably wouldn't think twice if, if my wife was under threat. Yeah. Then, you know, it's just, it's an it's, situ- it's situational. It's, it's instinctual. It's like, you know, like a, exactly. like a mama bear protecting her cub. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it, maybe that's the time and the place for toxic masculinity mm. and not elsewhere. Um, but I don't even, is, I don't even, I wouldn't even consider that though toxic masculinity. If you exactly. are, if your intention is to protect you know, exactly. your intention, it, there could be just an intention to hurt or harm, but there's an, a, this, this beautiful, loving intention to protect. Yeah, yeah. It's instincts. It's totally instincts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then comes the toxic, and, you know, pull me back on this one as well, the toxic femininity. Mm-hmm. So by masculinity, I'm talking about masculine energy, yang energy, which to me is the misuse of yang power um, power over rather than empowered and sharing power right and again that's another difference between a boy and a man i'd say where toxic femininity whether it's by a male or a female is the criticism but more than anything the withdrawal and the biggest biggest burliest bloke can crumble mm. when he is withdrawn from by a woman Mother, sister, daughter, lover, whoever. And it's like, it crumbles. Blokes. If it's done consciously, if it's unconscious, then it needs to be made conscious. And that's another thing is, I've had to admit that I can't, I don't have, I don't know how to word this, the right to be angry at someone that um, is acting unconsciously and there is harm or pain being caused. If it's conscious, it's a different story. If it's unconscious, then there's need for an education. There's need for information. So what do you say? Are you doing this out of consciousness? (laughs) Or, well, (laughs) this is where Marshall Rosenberg comes in. I'm not familiar with Marshall Rosenberg. So Marshall Rosenberg wrote a book called Nonviolent Communication. Oh, okay. And I have heard of that. Yeah. And there's a YouTube, I think it's about three hours long. I think it was a a workshop in San Francisco. It's all there. Mm -hmm. But very simply put, and this is my interpretation, and this is, you know, for dummies, it's broken down into four steps. Um, When you ignore me or shout at me or withdraw from me, um, I feel, so it's describing what this person does. Uh I feel vulnerable. I feel punished. I feel abandoned. Mm -hmm. So I'm owning my feeling. I need, I need to know that, that we're cool, that we're safe. I need to know um, how you are. So I'm not making about my fantasies. Would you be willing to? And then that's the request. Would you be willing to have a cup of tea with me? Would you be willing to have a hug? Would you be willing to tell me how you feel or what's going on? Would you be willing to look into my eyes for a second? Yes, can I? (laughs) (laughs) So quite simply, those four steps. When I first discovered it and studied it years ago, um, some very clever males more than females actually, uh, used it as the most precise passive-aggressive tool. Mm. And then I realized that in order for this to work, the first step needs to be a heart connection. 
Right. When I'm coming from truth, when I'm with you, when I'm present, rather than I will make you do something, I will make you feel guilty. Right. When I'm coming from this truth, then I will own mine and I will give you information and I will request from you and I will give you information and then we know where we are. And then we can meet rather right. than being enmeshed and in a mess. Right, right. <laughs> And it's, so, and it's not, it's not about blaming or pointing fingers. It's about, exactly. this is where I am. This yeah. is what I, I would desire. This is what I desire. This is what I would like, um, yeah. in order to, you know, uh, create this, alchemize <laughs> this situation into yeah. a, an opportunity for connection. Yeah. Because all mm -hmm. of these, all of these things are opportunities for connection. If you can get below the surface of this, you know, anxiety, mm -hmm. solar plexus, uh, you know, space. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, but people are not trained or taught how to do this. Yeah. And this is where we come in. Yeah. And it's not for me training or teaching. I need Sharing, to be it. Be it. Exactly. Embody be embodying it. Yes. And I remember using that um, technique, so to speak. It almost feels like a manipulation technique, hopefully quite the opposite. <laughs> um, and the person I, I basically broke this down with um, said to me, no, I can't do that. And the reason I can't do that is because I'm scared. Mm -hmm. And I can't love you anymore until I love me. And I need to love me more. So this is all I've got right now. And you know what? That was plenty good enough because we knew where we were meeting. We knew what was going on. And there was truth rather than putting on a good show. Or right. what do I need to do? It's not about that. It's about meeting where we can meet in right. this moment and then letting it shift. And I found in the men's groups, in life, as soon as something is named, it no longer has a hold. Yep. But if it's in my head and I'm trying to run away from it, it's going to chase me. Figure it out, then it's, it's just going to have me busy up there for a long time. Yeah, if you can feel it, you can heal it. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you think men's greatest fear is? Um, abandonment and humiliation. And um, I don't know whether you know the uh, what a little girl's made of sugar and spice and mm. all things nice. Oh, what yeah, I was, I was told that a long time, you know, many really? times. Mm. Well, from the time we're born, we are the problem. Mm. Um, and it's just efficient parenting for generations. If the boy's unruly, and boys will be unruly because we have testosterone, um, then shame or abandon that child so you've broken it into good behavior. And that becomes a life script of fearing shame, fearing abandonment, and being that traumatized little boy. It's tragic, yeah. but it's not the end. I know when I was a... <laughs> Throughout my, my, my very young childhood, I've got the most crazy deep memories. And I remember that I used to always think since I was very young, I must remember this because the grown-ups don't understand it. And I can tell them <laughs> when I'm grown up and I must remember this and I must remember this. And then in my 
50s, I think it was. I'm 56 now. So I think it's been up when, around when I turned 50. I thought, I want to hand all my tools over. I want to, you know, share everything. Uh-huh. And then I remembered. It's like, oh, my God, I want to share everything. But I promised myself to remember. What are these things I promised <laughs> myself? And I was just on my case for, you know, I should have remembered until I realized that it's not a logical memory. It's an emotional memory. And the way that I set myself free is not thinking or getting the stories from other people that I need to feel through my life. That was my story. My experience was my story. And wherever there are pause buttons down, that's generally where I had some pain. Mm. And as soon as I find these depressed pause buttons, Again, the man in me can take care of the boy in me, and that can be felt through into healing. But not only do I unlearn that it's not true, that I won't be shamed for showing up and being passionate, and I won't be humiliated for having passion in my eyes and in my body and the way I show up. But as I unlearned that, I picked up tools that I would never have had unless I had that tragedy, mm-hmm. whatever the tragedy was. And each and every one of the tools I've picked up that was hidden beneath my depressed pause button in my pain that needed unlearning mm-hmm. has been exactly what I've needed for my purpose to walk my path. So I think the days of this bad thing and that bad thing happened to me or I did for someone else, it's like, what's for me? that? For exactly. me. And what's the gift? Right. What was it that I kind of agreed to at some level that I want to do something and contribute something and be something and share something? And how will I remember what that is? What is that thing? Where did you, which bushels did you hide your gold under? <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I wanted to remind myself. Yeah. And now I've got it energetically. And the more I can feel it, I'm sure this is the same for you because I know what what a a feeling person you are. Mm -hmm. The more I can feel my own feelings, the more I can feel where someone else is coming from. And we can meet there and then feel through it. And that's the healing. That is the true healing. Yeah. I, I feel like, um, I feel like when you, when you said that men are most afraid of feeling abandoned, I think women feel the same. Yeah. I feel so so many women, I don't know about the humili- humiliation, but but I just thought I feel like women want to be um held, you know, like mm. cared for. Um and and I think I think men do I think men do too. I think this is a big part of, you know, the the part of sex that that that's the the socially acceptable way for men for men to be held. Mm. You know, it's like um that we, that we all want to be held. Mm. We all want to feel like we matter. We all want to feel like we're valuable and worthy of being loved. Yeah. And so how do we first offer that to ourselves? Because that's where that sense of safety and security starts. It's like creating it for yourself, not looking to the external world to mm. provide it for you, just like your identity, you know, who, who am I? It's like, I'm this, I'm this beautiful sacred being mm. and in my human body. 
And so I'm trying to navigate all these things in life that, that sort of block me from remembering that. Mm. And so this connection that I want with you and with a partner and with my children, it's like, I want to feel this sense of connection, this sense of being held by another um, and, and offering the same, like, I want Mm. to hold you and let you know that you matter. You matter to me. Mm. It doesn't matter what you do. I mean, this is the the biggest gift of having children is like, they do some shit, Kenny. (laughs) 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 They do some shit. And I go, (laughs) no matter what shit you do, yeah. I will always love you mm. because, you know, I'm a part of you and you're a part of me. Like nothing you can do can break that connection. Yeah. It's tragic. I feel the way that touch has been sexualized. Mm-hmm. There's so much more to it. And very often the trade-off is, okay, I need some physical contact. So I guess I need to trade off my body. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, can you just rub my arm for me? Or hold me. Or hold my hand. Yeah, exactly. Just hold my hand. Just yeah. put your arm around me so that I feel this sense of protection and safety when mm. I'm feeling a little scared and uncertain right now. Mm. I'm just thinking of... Um, uh, my best friend and I went to a party in France somewhere, mm-hmm. probably almost a year ago. Um, and it was the most amazing party. And it was in the middle of the forest. And it was pitch black. And just the feeling and how natural it was mm-hmm. for us to be walking back to the place we were staying arm in arm. And then realizing that we don't need to go back. We can walk around in, in the forest, in the dark, for as long as we want. And there was space for us to be free spirits. Freedom. Freedom. Exactly. Connected with ourselves, with each other, with nature, and with life. Yeah. Where so many people don't touch. And especially men, it's like you're not supposed to unless you're patting on the back or, or fighting or, you know, some silly arseness or sports or something. Around. Patting on the butt. They do a lot of that in sports. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't even know that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you where I did notice that. And it's the first time I ever saw it. Um, a close friend of mine died on Easter Sunday. Sorry. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I've known him for like probably coming up for 30 years. He came mm-hmm. to my first men's group 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that the last time that he and I hung out together alone is we were walking in a park together. And suddenly, and for straight men, this is like every dream come true. It's like, oh my God, there are fit women, physically fit, playing, what do you call it, volleyball. Uh-huh. And after they score, or even if they don't score, they pat each other on the bums. <laughs> and then we, you know, we walked closer and we were mesmerized, and it was some sort of a championship. It's like, <laughs> what is going on? Have we died and gone to heaven? What is this like? And what a brilliant last time that we hung out mm-hmm. before he died. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, what a strange, but also, again, was that sexualization? 
maybe to an extent, but more than anything, it's playful for us to see women do that. And it's the same when, with, with he and I, seeing friends together, seeing fathers with their sons or with their daughters, it's, a, it's not the same buzz, but it's a similar buzz of, look at this, humans being human together, yeah. people being loving, people being playful, people touching. Yeah, laughing, laughing, having exactly. fun, connecting. And how great that there are rules there that when you play this game, I mean, I don't remember if the blokes patted each other on the bums as well. I really don't remember. It didn't strike a chord so much for me. (laughs) But, you know, and it's the same with my friend and I in the forest. We were like little boys in the playground and we allowed ourselves to be like little boys in the playground because it's true. And sometimes if people need alcohol before they're allowed to touch, well, fine, I guess it's a fix of it and it's better than nothing. But these days, as I say, since lockdown, so many men have thought real intimacy is beyond the alcohol and beyond the sports field. And I need connection. I need, and I've never in my, I moved to the UK in 72 at the age of um, eight or seven. And in all my years of living in the UK, I have never heard people talk about their need for physical touch like Mm -hmm. I have in the last year. Wow. Never. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, that's the thing that I miss the most is like, I am a hugger, you know, <laughs> I'm like, I love to hug. And of course, you know, I have older kids and they're not that into it with me. You know, they hug their friends, <laughs> but I'm their mom, yeah. you know? And so that's, that's the thing. It's like, even though, like, of course I would love to hug you right now <laughs> to see mm. you and hug you because mm. we do need touch. And, you know, you can say I'll hold myself and I'll hug myself, but, it's really nice to have an extra pair of arms around you. Yeah. yeah. You know, it really breaks the spell sometimes. Yeah. And, and that's just, it, it's, it, it's going back to like being a baby, mm. you know, you need to have connection as a baby. That's how babies make sense of the world. Mm. Right. Um, you know, those so studies, the studies where the babies were just left in the cribs mm. and they have all these, you know, issues because they didn't feel held they didn't feel connected or protected or safe and you know so all of all of these all of these all of these challenges that we're experiencing right now Kenny I'm so um, amazed and just like you are doing so much great work in the world like I really really admire you I really admire you can I give a shameless plug Yes, of course, please. I was going to, I was going to ask you to tell people how to find you because you did this thing in New York. You're, you're trying to, you're, it's you're, gonna be regular. you're spreading I mean, it. It's, yes, yeah. please. Yes. It is all over the world. Um, cardboard cutout of an ebook. So this is on Amazon. Um, it might still be 99p basically because I don't know how to use computers. It needs to be a fiver. <laughs> And I'm really not that interested. I need to find more computer people to help run my life. But basically, the book gives you not just the ability to hold men's groups, women's groups, etc., but even to just have conversations. Yes. Even to know about how to be rather than do. 
how to have boundaries and meet those boundaries, how to communicate. There are links like the Marshall-Rosenberg link, but there are tools for daily life, tools for couples, for families, for businesses, mm -hmm. for whatever community groups and organizations. It's the same basic tools. And what I've tried to do, so um, mensgroups.co.uk, and there's a free, what do you call it, quick start guide with the ground rules and the check and round and some videos and stuff. And then you can also buy the book for a quid um, or a dollar or whatever it is, mm -hmm. to, or a fiver if someone's changed it. Um, and then I hold trainings as well, day training, so people know how to use the tools and practice it. Mm -hmm. And since lockdown, like, well, they're every day since November, I actually launched it on International Men's Day, 19th of November. Mm. Um, but I don't need to be the smart-ass mummy's boy anymore. Mm -hmm. I would love to just share my toys so everyone can play nicely. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and now we've started with the women's groups. They're either weekly or fortnightly. The they're, yeah, they're, they're every two weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the young men's groups. Uh, we've got Men Cook, where a guy just gets people <gasps> to buy the ingredients and cook together. Can I join that together. so they can cook for me, please? <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, wherever you are, use the tools and connect. It is yeah. time. You know, for me, social isolation has demanded conscious connection. Mm. In the old world... I wasn't that fussed about being well-known or being successful or whatever, because I didn't want to be some cheap tart that needs to be special in a world I don't really believe in. Mm -hmm. But in the new world and the world that's emerging, I feel there is space for us to recreate the world that we wish to live in. Yes, creator, not victim. Absolutely. And the way that I feel I can most efficiently create that and everything else is to feel it and to really sit with that feeling and move into that feeling. And as soon as anything's in the way, whether it's a doubt or a fear or a distraction, then feel that and see where that, what needs to be, what needs to be given some attention. Mm -hmm. So it's put in order and it shifts. Feel it into being. And this reminds me of what you were talking about with the tantrum child is, I believe, that I have a few of those in my mind. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're still in my body for sure. And as soon as I want more out of life, something will come up. And I used to believe that this thing will come up to um, just make me safe and tell me I won't have it and I shouldn't chase it and don't be vulnerable and don't be silly. What I now realize is what comes up is the part of my past or my mind that's saying, you want that? Great, then set me free. Listen to me, because once you've heard me, I'll stop shouting and dominating your life. So if you listen to me, and I know I'm heard because I'm on your side, it might not seem that way, but I'm on your side. Yes. When I know I'm heard, then I've done my job. And then you can have your finger on the volume button and turn me down when you want. Mm -hmm. But I'm not gonna stop having my tantrum until I've been heard. Mm -hmm. And this I would say are the many voices and the, the many faces of my inner, um, what do you call it, protector. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. I need to hear the fear. Mm -hmm. In fact, I need to turn it from fear into information. Mm -hmm. Now, if my broken spirited child needed the protection of an adult and the adult wasn't there, then of course a protector is going to show up in me to protect me from that pain. And the protector will keep my broken spirited child in limbo, mm -hmm. safely recreating Groundhog Day because we know how to survive it. Now, when the man in me decides to meet that child in that time and that place, and it doesn't matter, I don't need to figure out who that part is, but as soon as I choose to meet that part, then there is a man in me meeting that part yeah. or an adult. Yes. Then my protector is not so freaked out and my broken spirited child can shift into a free spirited child. Yes. And then the man in me is present and connected here and now. Yeah. And in one year, I can listen to the information from my protector. So I am informed and I have choice of how I wish to respond rather than I react. And magically, now my child is safe and free. I can listen to the voice of intuition mm -hmm. or the voice of spirit mm -hmm. or the voice of love yeah. or the voice of nature or God or whatever it is or singing yes. nursery rhymes, whatever's yes. going on. Anything that's inspiring and meaningful for you. Yeah. 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 You, you are, you are so like <laughs> king of so many things. Kenny, Sucks. the king You're of connection, <laughs> the king of love. Like you are such a beautiful heart and soul. I mean, I really, really, um, I just adore you, Kenny. Thank you. So I, wa I want to, can we hang out again really soon? <laughs> Please. For sure. For sure. <laughs> Maybe we should hold a group or something. I, I would totally be open for that. Then you have your community and whoever wants to, whoever's triggered or has questions with whatever it is we've talked about and wants to come to a group and it's up to you whether you wish for it to be recorded and whether your people will record it or not so everyone can put all of these things into practice, mm -hmm. then let's play. Okay. And let's unravel it and pass it on. Yeah. Um, on my, um, on uk, there's the ebook page. And on that page, there is a recorded group. It's probably less than an hour. And there are nine men. And we talk about the um, lockdown and how it's been for us and what's come up and how we've managed it. So there's a live one there if anyone wants to watch it. But, you know, this is, for me, the moment I've been waiting for. It's and your it's, purpose. It's your it purpose. It's and so everything purpose. makes sense. It yeah. all makes sense. You know, yeah. there's a friend of mine who lives in California, Dr. Christine Page, the most amazing woman who does a lot of women's work and all sorts of stuff. And over the years, she'd, she's, she used to say to me, so why were you born in Uganda? Why are you a refugee? Why did you stay in refugee camps? And then it kind of went further. And I said, so, yeah, there's that. And also, why was I brought up in a small town in Wales? And what I learned from the small town in Wales, and in that time, the, the, the town's called Fish Garden Goodick. My father was the first Goan mayor in the UK uh, to, to that town. Um, 
that town was one of the poorest parts of Europe in those days. Mm -hmm. And people were so caring and sharing and kind. And they taught us to shop and cook and clean. They taught us, they accepted us. Um, we were part of their community. They were part of our community. And we just grew together. Mm. Our next door neighbor, who's still our next door neighbor, we were going to move to another house. And she said, we don't want you to move. And we know oh. that you need your house to be in better decoration. So we're going to redecorate your house for you. Because we didn't wow. know how. Wow. And that was in the early 70s. And we're like family. What I learned about community and connection mm -hmm. from those poor people who are rich yes. compared to the people around so them abundant. who have wealth. So abundant. It's, and it's like now I can bring them together mm. because the poverty of the rich, emotionally, connection, community, even the purpose. It's like so many people with wealth around me Sadly, it's like, am I allowed to feel sad? Am I allowed to feel scared? Am I allowed to feel worthless or pointless or purposeless? I've got what everyone wants. I'm not allowed it. How tragic is that? Of course they're allowed it. Just because you have everything doesn't mean you know everything or are everything. It's our relationship to the wealth or the fear right. Right. or the love right. or our sexuality or our courage to open up and share and care. I don't know about in the States, but every time there's a lockdown in the UK, for some reason, the toilet roll gets sold out. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone hoards, is it the same? What is going on? But then, you know, after hoarding the toilet roll, people come to their senses, and I've never known such caring and sharing. Yeah. The opportunity we are in at the moment, and I believe we are only really just going into the darkness now. Yeah. This shadow is where we're going to find our gold. So yes. let's do it together. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here with me, Kenny. I mean, I enjoy talking to you so much. and. You are so full of wisdom and insights and um, everybody go to Man Speaks and we'll put the, um, we'll put Kenny's link in the comments so that you can find uh, his material and let's have these conversations so that we can deal with our stuff and embody love. Show up, yeah. love, play, connection. Yeah. Be the love, share the love, be and the don't love. be scared of the dark either. Oh yeah. my God, the inner beasts I have. <laughs> I, I didn't know their fangs were so sharp until recently, but those parts of me, big time though me, I'm yeah. not going to suppress them. I yeah. need to know them. I Express need to have, them. Exactly. And I need to have my shadow in front of me. Yeah. Otherwise, it owns me. Yes. When, if it's, when it's in front of me, I have choice. And man, do we have choice. We do. So let's choose. Let's choose all the great things. <laughs> Thank you, Kenny, for being <sighs> here with me. I'm going to stop. So easy on. to hang out with you. Thank you. It's a pleasure and a joy always for me. Um, so everybody, wake up to more real love. Be that love. Um, and we'll see you soon. Take care.
Take care, everybody. Subscribe to the Wake Up to Real Love podcast. Leave five-star reviews. And, of course, share with your friends. You can find Dawn on various social media platforms at Dawn Richard or at The Awakening with Dawn.